This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you ever heard the phrase, He who dies with the most toys wins? We'd like to joke about having more stuff, but what does Jesus say about it? Let's learn more about what's really important in today's message entitled, What Jesus Says About Priorities. Some days our priorities get all out of whack. Today we're going to examine what Jesus says about priorities for our lives. So stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Merciful God, thank you for another day of life in this world with you. Thank you also for your steadfast love and patience towards this world and towards us as individuals. You've promised us that when we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. So we are drawing near to you once again, Lord. We want to be with you, to worship you, and to grow in our relationship with you. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, Jesus said, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where Neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, don't worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? For it's the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Dear friends, what are your priorities in life? You might say God, family, work might be a variety of answers to that question. The thing is, we all have priorities, those things that are most important to us, that matter to us. They inspire our behavior and inform our decision-making in life. 
Some priorities are good, some are not so good. Maybe you've heard someone tell another person, your priorities are getting way out of whack. It happens. Imagine you have a freshman college student who's enjoying everything at school. It's first time away from home. This kid is making new friends. He's in a band now. He's developing a very social life out every night of the week, but missing classes and not spending time studying. He now comes home to you with terrible grades at Christmas. And what are you probably going to ask him? What are your priorities? A good education or just having a good time? You better get your priorities straightened out. Listen to this news story out of Texas. It was a 99-degree September day in San Antonio when a 10-month-old baby girl was accidentally locked inside a parked car by her aunt. Frantically, the mother and the aunt ran around the auto in uh, near hysteria while a neighbor attempted to unlock the car with a clothes hanger. Soon that little infant was turning purple and had foam on her mouth. It had become a life-or-death situation when a guy named Fred Ariola a record driver, arrived on the scene, and he grabbed a hammer and smashed the back window of the car to set the little girl free. Was he heralded a hero? He said, The lady was mad at me because I broke the window. I just thought, what's more important, the baby or the window? Sometimes our priorities get out of order, and a guy like Fred Ariola reminds us of what's really important. Well, today we have Jesus addressing that whole matter of priorities in this passage. He's telling us that the central priority in life, if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, a follower of Christ, is God himself. There's no question in this whole reading about the importance of putting God first. Jesus, uh, again, is telling us that we as citizens of the kingdom of God are to be different from the world around us. We have a different set of priorities. There are some things that are to matter much more to us than others as followers of Jesus. And, and God knows us well. He knows that we have a tendency to sometimes get distracted or to let different things take over in our lives like money and possessions and achievements and popularity. So we have Jesus today pointing out to us that you and I have some important choices to make and, and to keep regarding priorities. For instance, Jesus says there are two kinds of investments that one can make in life. He tells us that one is lasting and one is temporary and corruptible. You can choose to store up earthly treasures or store up heavenly treasures, he says. Earthly treasures are not like a savings account or insurance or something like that. He's talking about uh, the selfish pursuit of accumulation of goods, hoarding and seeking security for oneself, just trying to get it all, all the toys. That attitude of the one with the most toys wins. And Jesus says these are temporary things. They have no lasting value. You can't take them with you. But heavenly treasures, that's investing yourself in pursuing things which really do last. Some things that you can actually take with you. 
a development of a Christ-like character, charity, witness, giving away resources to God's causes and making a difference in the name of Christ. These things, Jesus says, are things that last. No one can steal them away. And then he makes this interesting little statement. It's a proverb of sort. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's Jesus saying there? It appears that he's pointing out a fact of life, that our interests follow our investments. For instance, you invest in uh, a certain stock. then You're probably going to follow that stock and see how it's doing. You're interested. Well, you invest in God and his cause, and your focus will be on God. Jesus is actually talking common sense here. If you're interested in keeping your eye on God and developing a growing relationship with him, then make investments in his cause and with, with what, what he's blessed you with, and that will happen. Sometimes it takes a crisis to wake us up to this truth. Bill Hybels tells a little story. He says, sudden loss often simplifies life. One man put it this way. When he suddenly found himself on a hospital bed, he he wrote, I came to realize I no longer really cared for what the world chases after, such as how much money you have in the bank and how many cars are parked in the garage. As it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chasing after these things is like chasing the wind anyway. Suddenly the rat race became vanity to me, and I felt naked before God. If I died, I would take none of this stuff with me. All that really mattered ultimately was my relationship with God, my relationship with family, friends. If it weren't for the loss of my health, I would have wasted the rest of my life chasing achievements and acquiring transitory things. His crisis seemed to have served him well. Well, next Jesus talks about two conditions, about having a healthy eye or an unhealthy eye. Compares a sighted person with a blind person. If you can see, you can navigate and walk safely in light. But if you're blind and you're walking in darkness, it's not so positive an experience. In the Old Testament, there's certain writings that talk about fixing the eye and setting your heart on something in the same breath. You choose where to fix your eyes. And if your vision becomes clouded by focusing on false gods like materialism and achievements, then you lose your sense of values and your whole life is in darkness and you can't see where you're going. You're walking blind. Like the proverb says, without a vision, the people perish. But if you have spiritual vision, if, if your spiritual perspective, your spiritual eye is correctly adjusted, fixed on serving God, then life is filled with purpose and drive. It throws light on everything we do. The song that God l- loves to hear you sing is, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. Well, Jesus goes on to say that this all really boils down to the matter of who or what is going to run your life. He says you have to choose between two masters to serve, God or mammon, which means wealth. Wealth. 
the Almighty God or the Almighty Dollar. You can't serve them both, Jesus says. It's impossible to do it. Now, Jesus is not talking about working two jobs like we do today in our own culture. People have to do that. But he's talking about in a day and age of slavery, the impossibility of being a devoted slave to two masters. It's an impossibility to do that. It would drive any person crazy. The slave must decide which master he or she will be devoted to and serve. There's an old West African proverb which says, the man who tries to walk two roads will split his pants. <laughs> the truth is, though, that we all serve something. Something governs and determines our priorities. And Jesus says that God commands exclusive rights on your devotion. He's not saying that money is evil in itself, but money is meant to be used, not served. And God is meant to be served and not used. How, you might wonder, can we know if we're being mastered by our money, by our possessions? Well, we need to ask ourselves a couple questions. First one would be, what did I do to get that money? What did I sacrifice for it on the altar of prosperity? And the second question is, what am I doing with my money? Is the cause of God in the world better off because I've been entrusted with money, or is God only getting my spare change? Those two questions will help you answer that question. Finally, Jesus tells us uh, there are two preoccupations in life, and this last part sums up what he's getting at. He says, therefore, in light of all that I've just shared with you, uh, there are two things to, to be worried about, your body and security or God's kingdom. He says, therefore, uh, don't be preoccupied and worried with what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. Don't let those matters take over your life so that you're worrying about them all the time. And then Jesus reasons about worrying about these sorts of things. He says, first of all, it's illogical. Life is more than food or clothing, and the God who gave you life will give you what you need. It's also senseless, he says, that worrying over those things. Look at the birds. God takes care of them, and you're so much more valuable than birds. He says that kind of worry is useless as well. It won't add a moment to your life. It's faithless. Look at the flowers of the field. God takes care of them. Oh, you of little faith, he says. It's also godless. It shows that we are little more than the pagans, crying out, worrying over these things. What we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. Finally, it denies our family ties. The God we trust, you see, is our Heavenly Father. He will do no less for us than a good earthly father would do for his children. You see, at the heart of the universe is divine love, the love of our Heavenly Father. It really comes down to trusting God placing your trust in him. Jesus says he knows what you need. Trust in him. He says if you're going to be preoccupied and concerned and worried about anything as God's citizens, then 
How about being preoccupied with the big things that really do matter, like God's name being hallowed in this world and his kingdom coming and his will being done? Be concerned about bringing God's kingdom to the world where you are and doing the right things in your network of relationships. Let that be your preoccupation. The statement that he gives us then, so strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's the bottom line for priorities, isn't it? It's the summary statement. God's cause, number one in your life. And his righteousness, living the kind of life that brings pleasure to him, that this life is one of loving others and seeking their highest goods, doing the right thing for God. So there you have it. And honestly, I know, to people of this world, it all sounds a little bit crazy. If you choose to live with these kind of priorities, then I would caution you, be prepared to be treated as a more or less eccentric or a little crazy. Christ's words here seem to reach right into our everyday priorities, into our pocketbooks when you think about it. So why do it? Why choose these priorities that he's laid out for us, this way of life. Well, first of all, it's smart. This is Jesus talking, the one who died for you on a cross and rose again to rescue you and give you eternal life. Obviously, he has your best interests at heart. And note also his words of assurance here. He says, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you commit yourself to God, he commits himself to you. When what really matters to you is that God's name be hallowed, that his kingdom comes and his will be done, God will take care of your needs. So now you know. The priorities for living from the lips of Jesus, the Son of God. So the only question left now is, what now? You see, these words are really an appeal to take action, to take a step of faith. Jesus calls us to choose God's priorities for your life, to commit your life to serving God with your everything, your treasures, your vision, your service, striving to live a life of serving and trusting him. And when you do that, you will have chosen wisely. There's a wonderful illustration I came across regarding this truth in a book by Dr. Haddon Robinson. In the game of Monopoly, players buy land and collect money. When one player has enough money and at least one monopoly of properties, he or she can buy houses and hotels and collect rent on them. Eventually, one player receives enough rental money through land and building holdings to bankrupt the other players, thus ending the game. Parker Brothers, the makers of Monopoly, take for granted one final instruction. When the game is over, put all the pieces back in the box. People who live for the present, who spend their strength on what cannot last, are like children who play Monopoly as though it were reality. In the end, we all get put in the box, and we are gone, and what matters is what remains when the game on earth is over. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you know what makes our lives work best, so help us to trust in your wisdom and love and faithfulness every day of our lives. 
seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you remember God's priorities for your life and commit your life to serving Him with your everything. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dependent upon gifts from our listening audience. Estate gifts have become a significant part of this ministry and enable us to enlarge our broadcast area. For information on how you can include Christian Crusaders in your will, contact our office at 1-888-693-2484. You may also write Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We thank all who support this ministry with their prayers and gifts. If you'd like to hear today's message again, be sure to check us out on the Internet. You'll also find messages from previous Sundays and many other useful spiritual tools. Visit our colorful new website anytime at christiancrusaders.org. Christian Crusaders currently broadcast on 29 radio stations across the United States and on the World Wide Web. Please consider, if you are in a position to do so, sending a gift to help cover production and broadcast cost of these venues. In this way, you become a partner in providing a Sunday worship service to those who need to hear the gospel message. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service today was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor at Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders is now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.